Welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for the Inspiration Accelerator. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. I'm Michael Sonbert, and in a moment, I'm going to be joined by an amazing person. Her name is Maureen Pierce, and you've got to hear her story. It's absolutely incredible, um, and she's a, a, an, an incredible person. But before we get there, I'm going to start this show just the way I start every show, which was, uh, which is with a bit of inspiration that I've either uh, learned about or experienced or... or um, or seen in the in the past week or so. So last night, I uh, my one of my oldest friends in the world was in town from Portland, Oregon, and uh, I went out to meet him for dinner. And a couple other people came as well. And it was a really um, we we I haven't laughed that hard in, in a long time. And the thing that I, I want to talk to you all about is that he and I have very different politics, and we are. Um, really polar opposites in a lot of ways. Um, and now, now I want to be clear that neither one of us is, you know, I don't think either one of us is crazy. And he's certainly not, you know, if you were, if you were racist or homophobic, I, I might feel, I might feel differently, but we just have different opinions on the way our kind of our world should be run and our country should be run. Um, and, uh, and in the past I've, I've left interactions with him feeling like I didn't say enough. I didn't, defend my stance hard enough. I, I, um, I left him thinking that, um, you know, I, I don't disagree with him as much as I, I actually do. And last night it was just really freeing to just spend the time, spend some time with somebody who I've known for over 40 years and not feel like I need to, um, defend my opinions or challenge him on his, and really be okay with them. I don't, I don't know what the shift was, maybe because we haven't seen each other in a very long time. He's also experienced quite a bit of trauma in the last trauma in the last couple of years. And uh, maybe I just saw him as being vulnerable in a way that I hadn't in the past, but um, we certainly talked a little bit about some of that stuff, but for the most part, he talked a lot of politics and I did, I talked very little and just enjoyed spending time with my friend. And, um, I don't know what folks are going to get out of that. I hope that um, what you get out of it is that we're just, you know, we can judge people and we could be defensive and we could spend a lot of time pounding our chests or pounding the table and, and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Or we could just enjoy spending time with people that we love. Um, and that's what, uh, that's what last night was. So again, ton of laughs, um, not a ton of politics for me, but uh, it was a really, really great time. And I'm just, uh, I'm grateful I got to spend time with somebody I care about so much. So, um, all right, folks, I hope that resonated. Uh, let's get to our guest for today. Um, name is Maureen, uh, Maureen Pierce. She's a self-defense instructor. She's an advocate. She's a survivor. And as she tells it, her most important job is that she's the mom of four boys. We are so excited that she's with us. Maureen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Oh, yeah, uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I think folks are going to get a lot out of this episode. Um, 
So Maureen, tell us uh, what's your, you know, you have a lot of different roles here uh, and a lot of different things you're working on. What's your, what's your passion? What's your mission right now? So my passion is definitely my being a mom to my four boys that comes first. But besides that, my passion has always been to help others through an experience I had as a child. I just always had this fire inside that I wanted to do something with my experience to help others and, you know, find a purpose through that. So since 2012, I've been a self-defense instructor. So my passion is really empowering others, uh, educating education about sexual assault, how they can avoid being, you know, a target or a victim in the first place and become more aware and empowered, or if it's someone who has had something from their past and they feel like they've lost that power, it can get, it can, they can get it back through these self-defense classes. So, you know, that hands-on training other people and seeing them basically change right before my eyes, that's my passion. And then to find other ways, like speaking with you now, to maybe get a message out there of hope and healing. That's my passion. So inspiring. Talk talk to us about, if you're comfortable, talk to us about like, you know, you mentioned the experience from your childhood, what, um, uh, you know, to the the level of your comfort, but what, what happened? What set you on this path? So I was eight years old in third grade in my hometown of Kenosha, Wisconsin, with my best friend, Heidi, playing at a park. It was a beautiful October day. And my mom was there with us, you know, so by all accounts, it was a very, it was, we were doing all the right things. My mom was there reading her book. We're playing. It's a park on top of a hill, fenced in fire station right next to it. Mm. And I basically wandered out of the fenced in area for a very brief time, not far, but I did go and pick my mom some flowers and very, very quickly. It happened so fast, like in the snap of a finger, it seemed like a stranger, it turns out, a man approached me from behind. So I did not see him coming. He covered my eyes and my mouth and physically just picked me up, dragged me to the car. And as he did that, he uh, said, you know, don't scream or I'll kill you. And I have said this before, but I don't know if the threats were real. But of course, at the time, I believed him and I I froze in that instant, but again, it happened so quickly before I knew it, he was driving away. I'm looking up at the top of the hill in the park where my friend is and my mom is as he's speeding away. So he took me to a a, a country road, secluded area um, to a cornfield and raped and sexually assaulted and was physically uh, abusive too repeatedly. And so he would, you know, assault me, then say, don't move or I'll kill you. Um, Again, many, many other threats throughout, not knowing if he meant it or if it was just to scare me Mm. to not do anything. But of course, I believed him at the time. So I didn't move. And then he would leave and go to the car and come back. And now um, as I got older, I, I'm sure I realized I'm sure it was him just making sure no one was there is my guess, yeah. but he would come back and, you know, do 
do assault me again. And after a while, I just started thinking, okay, I don't want to die today. I want to see my mom and dad. I want to see my friends. And I just, I I really started processing like, oh my gosh, is this, is he going to kill me when he's done? Because I I did ask him some questions and I did ask if he was going to kill me. And he said, when I'm done with you. Um, Mm. So I, I started thinking about it and I, and I prayed, and this is something I haven't talked about until recently that I, I prayed and I felt this huge sense of uh, comfort, almost support and just like guardian angels. And he'd say, don't move, don't move. Right. Every time he'd leave, don't move. And all of a sudden I felt this feeling of like, I got to move. And I got up and just, you know, the cornfield, obviously the rose, I just kind of tried to go the opposite direction of him. And I moved and I got to the side of the road and um, not long after a car drove by and I waved him down. Um, and then eventually he was, he was caught. I identified him in a lineup. Um, he was sentenced to 46 years, um, and was, um, charged with first degree sexual assault, second degree sexual assault, use of force and abduction. And That's kind of where, you know, my my journey or my story started. And if you um, and first of all, Maureen, I can't uh, first thank you for sharing that story. I know that this is your mission to to bring just awareness is probably the wrong word, but to make sure that, you know, that young kids and people in general are safe from these types of predators. Um, What uh, is it? Uh, is it hard for you to talk about this? I know you've you said you've been starting to talk about some of the, um, like the guardian angel pieces mm-hmm. more recently. I mean, is this? I mean, I just I hear your story, and I, I I can't imagine the strength that it it took as a child to not only endure that, but to say I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to run. I'm going to do the very thing that this animal is threatening me not to do, but I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to identify the person in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get to a place where I've, you know, processed this enough that I am now using this experience to help people. I mean, this show is called the Inspiration Accelerator for a reason, because it's about people who are inspiring others. I mean, this is the the definition of that. But is it hard for you to talk about something that is so uh, is so personal? And so and and had to have caused you know a massive amount of trauma at some point right it it is but i've really been challenging myself to talk about it or or take the opportunities for instance i my first opportunity on a podcast was not that long ago just in the yeah. end of 2021 and it's it's never really been easy but it's partially because like many people, I'm sure people can relate a a trauma. And especially as a child, when like our brain is still forming and you push things down and Mm. you blame yourself and you feel shame and you just feel you blame yourself and you feel all these horrible emotions. 
and you shove it down. That's what I did. Um, and I know that's what a lot of people do. Either yeah. maybe they didn't have someone to talk to or they didn't know how to. But for some reason, that's how um, a lot of humans process trauma by pushing it down and doing the very thing we're not supposed to do, which or is which is to talk about it. And the only way to heal is by getting it out. So it's never really been comfortable. And throughout most of my life, I would maybe share it with a friend here, here or there, you know, one-on-one -on -one, as we were sharing things about our lives. Right. But in a, in a bigger sense, I never really shared it publicly and it happened by accident, to be honest, when I found out about the program that I'm now a self-defense instructor for with started with rad kids and now rad women, um, in 2012. Um, and when I, basically found out about the program and reached out about it and shared my story. It ended up kind of by accident, you know, being shared on the radio. Then I was asked to interview and it was this feeling of why me, what do I, why does my story matter? Mm. It was pretty overwhelming. Even when I hear you say the words about me, it's like, wow, am I, does he really think that about me? Or do people really think that like that feeling of my story matters? I'm worthy. I can share it and help others. And I still struggle with, um, you know, even before this, just kind of sitting and taking a deep breath and trying to get out of my head of why am I doing this? What should I say? Am I going to do okay? And just knowing that if I'm not willing to share my story, how can I truly help others? And I know at the end of the day, if I just think about what really is in my heart and my bigger why, right? My bigger purpose is to help others through either being an instructor or just maybe something in my story resonates with someone and it can help them. It's so worth it. I've said before, can, if it can help one person, it's worth it. And inevitably when I've shared it, I people have reached out and sometimes it's, this happened to me as a child and I never talked mm. about it. Mm. Um, you know, stories can be so different, but the feelings that people feel are, you know, very similar. Um, and you, you know, maybe it's the first time they heard it's not your fault. You're mm. worthy. It's not too late to heal or even just um, things that we get to as far as getting your power back and or just uh, being more aware of your surroundings, right? Just in, in general, like safety and self-defense. It's something that just clicked with them and people have reached out. And in those times, I think, okay, share it, you know, try to get away from that negative self-talk of, well, what if people say, oh, you're talking about it again, or just that negative mm. self-talk and doubt trying to get past that, because I know that more importantly than that is trying to connect with people and maybe help them. And if I can do that for one person, again, it's worth it. And I just realize if, if I'm going to, you know, kind of curl up and, oh, I don't want to talk about this. I feel the shame. I feel embarrassment. Mm. I feel weird. I, what if someone judges me? I just say, well, if you're not willing to do it, then how can you teach other people that it's okay to talk about it or 
you know, to get over or work on getting over these feelings if you're not willing to do it yourself. You are, uh, uh, in some ways, I imagine that you're giving people permission, whether their experience is similar to yours or something different, but as you said, has caused uh, feelings of shame or uh, regret or, or, you know, embarrassment or whatever it might be, um, feelings of, of being unworthy and things like that, that you're giving people, by sharing your story, you're giving people permission in some way to, to share theirs to, even if it's just to you or just to somebody in their life, that you're giving them permission to, um, to uh, say, say the thing and to be okay with feeling the feelings, not be okay with what the thing, the thing that happened necessarily, at least not mm-hmm. right away, I'd imagine, but be okay with the feelings that come along with it. I mean, you're putting for so many people, you're putting a uh, almost like a, a, a description on something that they might not even be able to describe the feelings of shame that you mentioned. Right. And like right. the, that was this my fault. I imagine that you're, you're, you're helping people internalize that. Does that feel, does that feel right? Absolutely. It does. And what's interesting is I've always been drawn to inspirational people and even like as a child, just books of inspiring stories and people who have overcome obstacles and, you know, that their passion is to do something through whatever obstacles they've gone through or are still going through to help others. Or if I'd hear a story from a survivor, I had so much compassion for them and would never have put you know, those feelings on them, like the the shame, or of course, it's not your fault and just the mm. empathy. But I never gave it to myself mm. truly until recently. Um, and, I, you know, it's like I'm still working on that. So what I was able to maybe give to others, we we just were so hard on ourselves sometimes, you yeah. know, so it's it right. It is giving not only others the permission but it's giving myself permission. And when those feelings come back and it's taking a deep breath and going, you know what? I want to let go of this, this shame and this doubt because in order to help others, I want to be okay with sharing this. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that, that you're, part of what you're making me think about here, uh, just to get into like the sharing of the story for a second, you know, that feeling of like, hey, like, will people judge me? Will people right. say, oh, she's talking about it again? Like, right. I don't know anybody who's out there who doesn't have those feelings. It is mm-hmm. easier not to share the stuff. I mean, it's easier not to. Uh, it's you just to keep whatever, whatever it is. Uh, it's easier right. to exactly. keep it inside. And so, you know, I can't look. I'm not. I'm not everyone, uh, but I just I when I heard your story, I was uh, absolutely blown away, which is you know why I asked you to come on the show. Um, uh, my 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 unsolicited coaching for you is to is to keep telling your story because I can't imagine how many people you've already affected and how many more you can have an impact on um, by telling people what happened and then how you how you've navigated life since then truly it's 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 amazing maureen 
Oh, well, thank you so much. And I, as you said, it can be even similar story as to what I have, you know, all our stories are different, but if it's, if it's a survivor from um, whatever their experiences uh, was with sexual assault and these common feelings we feel of shame and guilt or anxiety, mm. you know, how do we self-medicate ourselves in the wrong way? Mm. But it could be other things too. It's, it's an overall, it's an overall feeling or as you said, of just the difficult things sometimes people really push down and don't want to talk about it because of that internal dialogue. You know, what will people think of me? Or is, is this too deep? Is this too heavy? But I think it's also finding people that support you and love you, you know, no matter what, because you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes, but it's, I feel I'm still learning to like when you say those good uh, what you're doing and you say these wonderful things to me, I still get this moment of who me, you know, yeah. but I want to. It's telling other people we have to learn to give ourselves self-love, you know, to forgive ourselves, because a big part of the journey of healing is. Is learning really to love yourself more mm. and not, I mean, not be so hard on yourself, which we all understand too, you know, so this message can be, even if it's not a similar story, it can be just in general about things in our past or things we are ashamed of or things we push down. It's to know that it's okay to talk about it or to bring it up or to write about it, whatever the, whatever way you want to get that out. It's knowing that, you know, giving yourself um, permission, but also forgiving yourself in the past and not being so hard on yourself and learning, you know, just how to love yourself better going forward. Yeah. It's just phenomenal coaching for, for everybody listening. I, I think it's, we're stepping to a, a we're stepping into a new kind of space and time just as a, as a culture, maybe as a planet, uh, but where, where I think things were uh, the, the, for years, it was like, Hey, don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't, don't tell anybody, um, you know, whatever, whatever it was, right. If there's, right. if your dad, if your dad's an alcoholic and, and is beating everybody up, just keep it, keep it in the family. Right. And like, and and right. and we've seen this with you know sexual assault uh, for for years with rape for years. Um, you know, my my wife tells a story when she was doing publicity. She was a publicist for a long time, and um, she was basically had gotten you know trapped in a in a, a hotel room with um, a very, uh, rich and powerful man who was attempting to assault her. And she wound up making her way out of there, um, you know, before anything, uh, beyond that happened. Um, but she told her bosses about it and they basically said like, do you know who he is? And, you know, are you kidding me that you think we're going to like call the cops about this? Wow. And, the world that's not even that long ago. I mean, 20 years right. or so. I don't, I at least hope that that's not the place that we're in anymore. I think that the more people are willing to share their stories, the more people are willing to say, Hey, this happened. 
It's unacceptable that that it happened. Here's how I am navigating this uh, navigating this experience at this point, and I can support you around it too. I think that I, I just think that I mean I I hope that less of this stuff will will happen, but that for the folks who've already suffered, um, that they'll feel more comfortable talking about it and and ideally finding peace on the other side. Because I imagine, I mean, Maureen, you've probably seen this. I mean, whether it's uh, a sexual assault that like you experienced or other things from their past, I imagine you've seen people who never get, and I don't want to use the term get over it because that probably minimizes it. I don't know if get over it is the, is the goal or if you could ever get over it, quote unquote, but I imagine you've seen people who this kind of, this defines who they are forever. I mean, have you seen that play out? Yes, I have. I I have. Um, it's it's interesting. I feel like at this point in my life, um, I'm I'm still learning and growing. And I've recently said to myself, like, I'm ready for next level healing. So it's not like, oh, I'm okay. I'm over this. I've figured it all out. Yeah. It's that it is a journey. And when I was little, I they're just the world was different, as you said. Um, you know, there wasn't 24 hour news, there wasn't an Amber alert, and there just wasn't as much, it wasn't talked about as much, and there wasn't as much help. Um, and my parents didn't really know what to do. And they were just told, you know, she, she seems okay, let her bring it up. Um, and uh, I, I saw a person once who said, like, don't let this define you. But the mm. thing is, I took that as I'm sure the person didn't mean it like that, but I heard that a couple of times when I was younger, like, um, and what I took it, I took it like, oh, this can't define me. I should be embarrassed of this, right? Mm -hmm. I should push this down. And I guess finding the strength to say now, you know what? It is a big part of me. It is part of a big part of who I am. Um, I do think about it almost every single day, but It's because my bigger why or my passion is to do something with it. And it's knowing, realizing now that until after I had our first son, Nick, and he's 20 years old now, I didn't start therapy until after that. I would say I dabbled in therapy like throughout, uh, mainly like a little bit in high school, a little bit in, in college, but I would talk about everything else except that right and what i when i went as an um after i had nick my panic attacks and anxiety increased even more so and i didn't really connect that it was about what happened to me when i was little in fact i thought if i did refer to that 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 was me you know i would think to myself stop using that as a crutch it was a long time ago get over it right you and it took um, a therapist who dealt more with PTSD or and trauma to say to me, you know, when we suffer a trauma, especially as a child and our brain is still forming, you form these, these beliefs in your brain. And, I, I, you know, there's no safe place is what I was telling myself, because if something can happen like this in broad mm. daylight, in a safe, quote unquote, safe park with your friend and your mom. So. I found myself having like, once I had a child, oh my gosh, something bad is going to happen to him all the time. I thought it, 
And if I would share that with a friend, another friend could say, well, all, all moms, new moms think about that. Mm. And it's true. A lot of moms were like, we're sleepless, um, <laughs> sleep deprived parents. Um, and we're going to worry, but it took me understanding the connection and really talking about that, my trauma to heal more you know, without getting it out of like my body, it was affecting me not only mentally, but physically. So I, I really do feel that people, you can't push, you know, these feelings down. It just ends up affecting you in a negative way. And, and I feel like, sure, I could still heal and grow and I'm not completely quote unquote over it, but I'm in a much, much better place because Mm -hmm you know, and I don't feel the intense emotions often that I used to feel. And I feel much more of a peace because I got it out and talked through it and worked through it. So there is, you know, without a doubt, like hope on the other side. And as you said, maybe you don't get over it, but the feelings are completely different once you've dealt with it. Mm. And you may have moments in life, by the way, it that doesn't mean it's always going to be fine. You know, certain things might bring up emotions or trigger them. I lost my dad in 2020. I lost my mom mm. in 2021. And I realized that really brought things up for me. And mm. how could I ever expected to know what it was like? Um, you know, I was so grateful to have supportive, loving parents. And I used to think, you know, therefore I shouldn't feel bad about what happened to me. Cause I I'd always compare my situation. I think, well, there's other kids who are abused every single day and they don't have a loving mom and dad. So therefore mm. I should get over it and be okay. And, um, I think that's another thing a lot of people might do. You, if you can always find something quote unquote worse, but if that doesn't mean you shouldn't you know, deal with and process your, your experience or your trauma. And that's what I needed someone to tell me that and help me with that. When I was, when I went through kind of my, uh, you know, really impactful stint of therapy after I had Nick. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is like a master class on how to deal with uh, trauma and how to, uh, you know, rise, uh, after, after it, it, it also, I kind of, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the other thing you're giving people permission by sharing your story to, to share theirs and to feel theirs and to, and to, you know, acknowledge those same feelings that you're, you're putting a name on feelings that some folks may not even be able to, to name. But I think the other thing you're doing here is you are normalizing kind of conversations about this stuff. I, I really feel like so much of the, so many of the struggles that we have just as a, a society, are, people are they don't they don't know what to say. They don't know they don't know how to how to say it. Um, they they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And I'm not talking about you know what we see in the you know like cancel culture or things like that. I'm 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 talking about like. That folks just they don't know if they'll say something that'll offend offend somebody or that they'll um, that it could bring up feelings. And I, I think what uh, and so folks not, you know, out of like an, an actual like care, like folks like I don't want to I don't want to offend the person. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Right. And so we we ignore things, I think, at times when we can 
I see it, you know, my story is very, very different than yours. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to compare here because it's, there's no comparison, but with my son, Teddy and his disability, um, people will um, at times um, they ignore him uh, or not engage him. They don't, they don't know what to say. They don't know. I, I, I told the story on a previous podcast of the, my neighbor across the street, who's a sweet guy offering like my oldest an ice pop and my youngest an ice pop and not knowing what to say to Teddy because he knows Teddy's not going to say anything back to him. And he turned completely red faced and he looked absolutely mortified because he, he just, I mean, he, he, he bungled it as much as you could bungle anything. But, you know, for me, I, I appreciated that, that he made an attempt there. And I think what you're doing for, for people is you are uh, really allowing them the space to, to ask questions and to, um, and to be worried less about saying the wrong thing and be, and, and be more interested in being a support for somebody who might need it. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to find there's going to be experiences where certain people do not want to talk about it. They don't want to yeah. hear it. They don't know what to say, whether, you know, in your situation with, with Teddy and, um, you know, friends of mine, I can think of right now who, whose spouses, um, were battling cancer. Um, some have made it through, uh, you know, another friend lost her husband and it's, it, you know, here, talking about this, like people don't know what to say. People yeah. don't know what to say to me. So it's un sometimes uncomfortable situations you're also knowing that it might not be the right space or person to share with and maybe finding that space where you can feel comfortable and, and not beating yourself up. If you maybe shared it with someone and it, and you didn't get the right, you know, you got, you didn't get the right feedback or you felt weird about doing it because mm. that's happened to me kind of, just forgiving yourself. But I do agree with you there. I feel like there's more people talking about difficult, um, uncomfortable subjects rather than pretending like everything is okay and sharing and making it um, okay to share our struggles. But there's still going to be people, you know, that maybe don't want to hear it. So it's giving yourself permission to do it, but also giving yourself permission to know it may not always be the right person or the right environment and, and just figuring out for you where you feel that comfort, comfort and support. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's great. And that's great coaching there as well. Right. It might not be the right time and place and that's, that's okay. Um, right. I want to, uh, I want to, I want to pivot to some of the things that you do uh, because I know you're super active and fit and health conscious <laughs> and you, do lots of cool physical and mental challenges and things like that. But before we, we pivot to that, I just, and I didn't ask you this in the pre-interview. So if, if you, if you don't have anything right off the top of your head, please don't feel any, any pressure to have it. But you mentioned a moment ago, uh, like being a new mom and your concerns about something happening to, to one of your children. And I know we have parents and caregivers listening to this show. Are there, uh, things that, um, you know, be beyond the obvious of telling uh, our children not to uh, get into a car with a stranger and things like that. And, and uh, you know, the, the one I remember from when I was younger, and I've taught this 
to my kids, which is if somebody says like your mom or dad are hurt, come with me, like that you mm. never, ever go with that person. Do you have any sort of tips for, um, I know your expertise lies uh, in a lot, in large part in self-defense, if in the actual fighting back. And so if it's something there, like grabbing somebody's Adam's apple or, or poking somebody in the eye, do you have any tips that we can give our kids around staying safe in, a, in, in what sometimes is an unsafe world? Um, yes. And in fact, you gave two very good examples. And what I like about um, the RAD program, and I did start out as a RAD kids, it stands for resisting aggression defensively. Um, wow. And as but for the RAD women and there is a RAD men's program, too. I'm just not certified. But when the ki when kids and teens, right, women are older, they they there's a reason they separate them. Right. So as a kids program, I taught um, at my boys school to the first and third graders in their PE classes. I would teach the RAD kids. And what I love about the program is that a lot of it is the conversations you just brought up. That's what we start with is mm. parents are very, you know, they're afraid to have those conversations with their kids because they're afraid they're going to scare them. Right. Yeah. And I've heard it numerous times. And when do I, when do I start having the conversations? And obviously at the end of the day, it's up to the parent, but this even, this helped to be honest, me as a parent, my marriage, <laughs> because it was hearing Oh, this is how we can talk to our kids. And it became less about my story and my anxiety or my overprotection as a, as a mom because of what happened to me. It was my husband hearing, oh, this is what rad kids talk, teaches parents. So mm. number one is that um, awareness and education and just conversations. That's 90% of self-defense or personal safety. So when you said like the physical part, we do get into that. But what we say repeatedly is all this awareness and this permission to tell, and this is important for kids or people of any age, trust your gut. They might not know what intuition is, kids. So you can say, if you get that funny feeling in your stomach, you have mm. the right to say, okay, I have this weird feeling and what can I do about it? You know, get to a safe area, get, find a mom. Um, it's having conversations with your kids that, and you can say to them, it's not so much stranger danger that we were taught sometimes when we were younger or just the conversations mm. didn't happen at all because it's it, more often than not, not a stranger that's, that might hurt our children, right? Oh, it's wow. someone it's someone they know. It's an acquaintance. It might be a family member. It's mm. teaching them that no one has the right to hurt you. You are special. No one should tell you a secret that makes you feel funny or, you know, your gut um, just makes you feel bad inside. And if that ever happens, you have permission to go find someone or tell someone because a lot of times things that happen to kids, you know, they're, they're threatened or don't tell anyone or else. And it's that shame and embarrassment already starting. So it's giving your kids permission that if anything makes them feel funny inside or someone says something funny to them or tells them to keep a secret, right? That's not okay. That, and for you, you wonder what, 
what words should I use? Right. That's up to the parents. Yeah. But if you, you could decide, but even just saying in rad kids, no one should touch the areas that are covered by a swimsuit, mm. right? Now we say different things in the rad women class because they're older and we're going to talk about different scenarios, you know, date rape, et cetera. But for the kids, it's, it's starting there and then encouraging those conversations to happen at home. That's where we're like, you, you got to have these conversations with your kids. You say there's good people and bad people. There's more good than bad because it's not just the stranger danger, but there are people that might want to hurt you. And a lot of times it's with tricks, like what you said, your mom um, telling your kids, if anyone ever says, you know, I know your mom, I know your dad, get in the car. I'm supposed to pick you up from school. It, no, that like, that is not okay. And giving mm. your kids the permission and it, it starts with conversations. Mm. This is so, I mean, this is really helpful in that all, all of that was um, just incredibly beneficial. The, 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 nobody has the right to touch you uh, on your body and any part of your body that's covered by a swimsuit is language I've never thought to use. Right. And uh, something that I, uh, I've planned to share. I mean, everything you just shared, but when my, when my kids come home from school today, I, I, I plan to have this conversation with them. And, and, and to your point, Maureen, I, when I first had this conversation with my kids, I, I did have hesitation because I thought of the exact same thing that you mentioned, which is that uh, I could really scare them and they could right. think that the world is a, a dangerous and scary place, which it, it can be certainly at right. times. And then, in, in places, but I, I don't want them to have that perception of, of everybody around them and, and of the world. But for me personally, the, the, the protects, the equipping them with, with tools while they're not nearly as, as uh, kind of valuable as the tools that you just gave, but, you know, still kind of like a starter program, but equipping them with that outweighed uh, my concern about the, that, that I'm going to scare them. And I, I think that think that, you know, I, I imagine there are, are, are parents and caregivers and, and folks uh, listening right now, folks who have nieces, nephews who uh, or just children who are close to them in their lives who are going to engage in these conversations now based on the coaching that you gave. And, and I keep using this word permission today, but almost the permission that you're giving all of us to have these tough conversations because it's really, it's really needed. So thank you for that. Sure. And you know what? I, I didn't have conversations with my boys until I was trained in this, you know, in rad yeah. kids and went through the yeah. training myself. And like you said, I'd hear, oh, wow, I never thought of putting it that way. So this is stuff I learned. And overall, what we see is the kids don't become more scared. They they get more empowered. And mm. one of the other phrases they say, you know, we're not trying to scare you. We're trying to prepare you. And then the, mm. it, but having the conversations, it's still up to the parents through all the years I taught at the boys school. Um, it, it, there was, there was maybe a few that didn't want their kids to do it, but you know, 99.9 .9 of the kids went through it because mm they understood that we were saying, we're not trying to scare you. We're trying to prepare you. Another really uh, good thing from rad kids that I never thought of, you know, of course you say, don't ever approach a car, but it's also that there's so much emphasis for our kids on 
listen to listen to adults, be polite, right? Yes, ma'am. I know it. And it's it's no, um, you don't have to say yes if something makes you feel uncomfortable. You have permission and the right to go find someone and to to and tell them. And if that person doesn't listen, who's the next person you're going to find? You know, and having conversations with your kids. Who? What are your safe zones? You know, where um, and and even just having rules about being out and about in public. And if they're younger, you know, I need to be able to see you. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, those things change as they become older. But um, it also goes into rad women in a class I had in, in July. And it was from high school girls to moms. And actually, a friend of mine, um, she thought her girls, they were pretty young. They were only 11. They're 11. But she felt, you know, she talked to them, her husband talked to them, and they said, I feel like I can do this, right? Because it wasn't the kids program. So we talked about things and she said, I want them to hear it. I think they can handle it. I've had these discussions with them. It was still giving them permission to um, to talk to people if something feels uncomfortable, to trust mm. their gut, ways of just being more aware that awareness our goal is for anyone to not be in that situation where you have mm. to fight back, right? The goal is to not get there because you feel funny feeling. You're not going to feel embarrassed by it, or I might hurt someone's feelings. You're mm. going to react and trust that gut, um, you know, to walking in pairs, being, you know, you don't want to be looking at your phone. It just overall just being uh, a lot of people in rad say head on a swivel. And some might say, well, I don't want to live in fear, right? But to me, it's it's more about I'm going to be empowered and I'm going to walk with purpose. And I don't want anyone, which is the goal of RAD, to get in that situation where they have to fight back. We want to avoid that. But then step two is if you do, you know, a lot of kids, women, um, but it can it can also uh, be about men too. are told like you can't fight back if the person is bigger. Forget about it. But mm. it's knowing um, your first your first weapon or response is your voice. Yeah. And you And it's practicing over and over yelling at the top of your lungs like stay back or no. And repeating those things. So it's training your brain to respond and not freeze. Um, and it's wow. still a person's choice if they do get into a position where they they can't get out or run and they have to fight back. It's still their choice, but it's showing them they do have the capability and they have, you know, quote unquote, weapons on them, their hands, their their feet, their knees and showing them how they can fight back to the point where you you have that split second if you're being attacked and you want to get away that you can stop them and run, run. So that's when it gets into the physical part of it. But again, it's, I, I kind of went around in circles here, but it's, I no, think, what you did, I think what you did is amazing. It's having those conversations. And again, Michael, I didn't even do it to my own boys because I didn't know how to put it into words or it was like, well, you know, am I scaring my kids? Um, or is this more about me? But the, the words and that I learned helped me also talk to my kids. And, and you see that for the most part, these kids don't become more scared. They feel more empowered. Yeah. 
This is, uh, I mean, Maureen, I am completely blown away here. Uh, you're teaching me and I know uh, so many people who are listening to this, like how to prepare our kids better, the language we can use. Um, you know, uh, uh, I know you're not in this position by choice, the, the position of of survivor. I know that you're, you are working actively to you know, to, to support people around this, but man, you are a, an absolute gift to any, anybody listening to this, because, um, I know that I'm going to, my kids will be more well-prepared like by, you know, a few hours from now. And, um, I, I know others will be as well. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Really amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, well, we appreciate you. Maureen, is there, um, Talk to me about, uh, and I, I don't want to. I'm going to break the fourth wall in our on our podcast because I I, I want to make sure that you're okay on time. Are you okay to do a, a couple more questions, or do you have a hard stop? No, I'm I'm good if you are. Uh, perfect. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, I know I said we'd go about thirty or thirty five minutes, and uh, I just I can't stop learning from you. So <laughs> thank you. Um, what Maybe uh the answers were too long no no not at all not <laughs> at all no this is a master class as i said before mm. so thank you so much uh you are a uh you are fit and physical and active and talk to us about and and it feels like that and i don't want to i don't want to make assumptions here but it feels like that's part of the the healing process in some way talk to like what are you up to what are you what do you, what do you do? What can, like, what are you working on physically? What are some of the, the, the do you do, do work on mindfulness? Like talk to, talk to us about all that stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you say that because I, as far as, you know, being fit and being active, I'm definitely in physical, better physical shape now than I was many times in the past. In, really? uh, I used to say that, well, or I say that um, my first therapist was food. And mm. for me, go like high school and college, there have been points where I weighed 40 pounds more. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I'm only five foot two. So, um, it, and, but I can look back now and know that was me just trying to do something to, you know, almost feed those feelings that were so uncomfortable and hurtful and I didn't know how to handle them. So for me, like fitness and how I feel about myself and being active has really improved even in the last, you know, four or five years. So again, it's like, Hey, it's never too late because instead of what I did in college, which was lose weight, then gain weight and lose weight mm. by, you know, restricting myself. But it wasn't from a place of self-love. It was, you know, self-loathing or just, you don't, you know, you don't look good. You're this, you're that and negative. So therefore I'm going to deprive myself because I have to lose weight. And, and then it, you know, and then if I felt better about myself, it's almost like, um, as a survivor, you feel more vulnerable or like, and then you want to hide again, you know, you, you don't want to be seen. You want to hide again. And at least that's how I felt. And so I'd kind of overeat as a way to just, um, mm. I don't know, feed the, the uncomfortable feelings. And so 
I would eat when I was nervous or anxious or that anxiety. So I, you know, I feel like now I'm just trying to take better care of myself through self-love and just eating healthier. And it's not because I want to lose weight, right? It's because I want to be stronger. I want to mm. be healthier. I want to feel better. Mm. Um, I, even in terms of sleeping and the stuff I'm doing with this, you know, uh, a coaching group that I've been in, which I actually started after my dad passed. And I just, I felt like kind of in this rut, right. And generally I would bring myself out of it by doing things like, okay, I'm an, I know exercise makes me feel better. And then I'm in a journal or I'm going to do my gratitude journal. Mm. I'm going to pray, but I felt like I needed something more and I've learned a lot, even just these last couple of years of trying new things, stepping out of your comfort zone, but that, that physical part of it has really made me realize that that is so such a big part of healing that as a survivor of any type of assault or sexual assault, I started taking uh, karate in college on my own martial arts on my own, not mm. through the school. And I realize now how that was such a pivotal point for me of starting to get my power back. And, you know, again, I still had a long journey of healing, but now knowing that the empowerment that you can get physically from a self-defense class is so important to, to healing, you know, you can go to the therapy or, or, uh, do all the mindfulness things because you do have to heal mentally, spiritually, I believe, but also, you know, mind, body, spirit. If you don't get that physical feeling of empowerment, mm. it's, it's such a big piece to healing. So I, you know, I'm trying to be more active and try new things physically, but it's, it's not only so much because of the physical benefits it's because I feel stronger physically and therefore mentally. Really powerful. I, I think, and uh, for anybody listening to this right now, and you know, part of the, like the impetus for this show is that we have regular people on who are uh, in some way, right. We don't have to, be the founder of, you know, of Tesla, right. Or whatever, mm -hmm. like, or be flying rockets into outer space, like regular people mm -hmm. who are doing things that are, that are inspiring, right. That are not the status quo that are, that are different. And I just think like, man, if you're listening to this right now, like go for a walk today and maybe you already did a run, maybe you did a five mile run already. And that's awesome. But if you're physically capable of it, like go for a walk, and right. go for a walk with your kids or go for a walk alone or go for a walk with your partner or go for a walk with your dog, whatever it is, but like get out, like go for right. a walk, go do a mile, right? Do a mile. 50, mile takes you 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how fast, you know, assuming you're physically able to do it. And, and if you're not, right. there's probably something different, but like, it's just, I think we, I think we underestimate in all the craziness that's going on in the world. Like we underestimate the impact of just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take good care of myself for the next 30 minutes. Right. And that, that right. really matters. And it's, it's that the self-talk and the motivation of why you're doing it, because let's say I, you know, worked out in college at times just as much, but, but the motivation or the self-talk or the reasons you're being more active, it's, it stems, it needs to stem from because I deserve it because I'm worthy 
because mm. I want to feel good. I want to feel mm. strong. You know, you don't want it. Oh, because I'm overweight and I need to lose mm. weight because I don't mm. like how I look. So that's, mm. I feel like that's really helped me is changing my reasons why I'm taking better care of myself. Brilliant. I love it. Well, great coaching. All right, uh, Maureen, the last question, because I've already taken so much of your time, but I'm so thankful here. Uh, if uh, what, what, what needs to happen in 2023 for you to say that, hey, 2023 was a successful year, if it's December 31st and you're of 2023 and you're looking back on it, what will, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, what do you want to say you've accomplished? I definitely want to keep um, teaching self-defense classes because that hands-on training is just, it's, it's so, it's such a great feeling when I see people become more empowered, but I also realize, you know, you can only have so many people per class. And I guess I want to keep working on uh, getting the word out through uh, finding new ways, I guess, to tell my story, not just because it's my story, but because if I can help one person, it's worth it. Um, I've always wanted to write a book, but I would have never said that out loud, even just probably a year ago, because, mm. you know, the negative self-talk, who are you to do that? I guess I'd like to do that because maybe it could be just a guide and I'll, I'll think about what are some of the things I wanted to hear or could have, would have helped me when I was little. And, you know, doesn't mean there aren't good resources out there. There are, but trying to get to where I can say, well, maybe I can reach someone that, that needs to hear it from me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I want to continue kind of what you talked about with the physical. I want to continue challenging myself and trying new things because I, it makes me realize like it's, you just feel alive and trying new things and challenging yourself. Um, it just, it, you just feel so empowered and good about it. And it, you know, I, in a coaching group with Jesse Itzler, build your life resume, the calendar yeah. club, all day running company, but whatever people can do, um, I've just, it's really inspired me this last year, but at the end of the day, the best part of it and what I find is the most, what I consider success is the connections you make with people and just connecting with great people. And it, they can be totally different from you, but that to me is what success is building relationships and just connecting with great people that want to support and inspire each other and lift each other up. That that's the greatest part. And of course, I want to, you know, I want to show my boys that and my kids that, that that is what life is really about, is the connections you make with people. Well, it's a perfect uh, note to end on because I feel like uh, our whole audience got to make a great connection with uh, a great person today. Uh, Maureen, uh, Maureen Pierce, can't thank you enough for coming on the show, for sharing your story, for inspiring the heck out of me. And I know I know our listeners as well. Um, can, uh, give us the, give us the, the, the name of the company again. It's called, uh, rad, uh, rad kids. And what's the other one? And yes, rad kids. Um, they do have a red, uh, web, website, radkids.com and then rad systems, R A D systems is where you can find the like rad women, rad men and different classes. They have it for, um, 
elderly. I'm not certified in that, but they have all different types of classes and that's radsystems.com. Perfect. I love it. Um, and uh, Maureen, is there any place that folks can find you on social media? Are you, do you want folks to find me on social media for like speaking gigs and things like that? Or sure. should they just go through? Oh, great. Yeah. Can you share some of those? Well, sure. we'll put this in the show notes as well, but can you share some okay. of that info with folks? Yes. Well, speaking of that's another goal I have for 2023. I do want to come up with a website so, you know, people can find classes either in my area and sign up or if they're in a different state, find classes. And but for now, the best way is um, the best way is on Instagram and right. it's Mo Pierce, M-O-E-P-I-E-R-C-E six. Great. And they can Mo message me. Um, Great. Mo Pierce six uh, on Instagram. Perfect. We have the rad, uh, the rad addresses as well. Uh, Maureen, thank you so much for being on the show uh, for, for Maureen and for uh, everybody over here at the uh, inspiration accelerator. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week with a new, uh, a new guest and some new inspiration. Till then have an amazing seven days. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.